When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sip on the go with a Starbucks iced shaken espresso. Our signature roast, shaken with ice, then finished with a splash of milk. Customize it to match your style on the Starbucks app. Make today a good day. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala. I know too much about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and uh, maybe that's what keeps you coming back. But maybe what keeps you coming back is Probably that not. My, my co-host, who is with me as always, uh, doesn't particularly care about the institution, Kristen Studdard. Hello. Hello. That is me. The reason you're here. Yeah, I mean, there are only two reasons. That's it. Two reasons the, for the season. The third reason is the interplay, wow. is the dynamic, is the betwixt, is, is what lies in between. Yes, maybe these that's two what... points of view. Well, <laughs> that's been our show. Uh, so here we are. It's been two weeks since the Hall of Fame inductees have been announced for the class of 2020. We have, as a review, can you tell me who the inductees are? <laughs> Ooh, let's see. Whitney Houston, B.I.G., T-Rex, oh, God, um, uh, Depeche Mode, mm-hmm. uh, then we get the Doobie Brothers, mm-hmm. not Todd Rundgren. Correct. <laughs> um, there's one more, mm-hmm. and they're like also pretty much someone you would have, th- Nine Inch Nails. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Where were you going with that? And well, they're also someone I, you would I pretty was, much... I was thinking it was a one you would pretty much think was going to get in. But then okay. I realized, no, I already said the Doobie Brothers. There <laughs> you were go. The, those were, mm-hmm. they were the ones that were kind of the shoe in but not Todd Rundgren not getting in. Like him not getting in and Nine Inch Nails getting in is a surprise to me. That's like a, it's a change. Although for, once again, you are talking as though you didn't predict Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> And not Todd Rundgren <laughs> when I force you to make predictions. Oh, did I? Yeah. Good for me. But on my ballot, the people that I drafted this year, I drafted Todd and That's not true. Nine Inch Nails. In the early, yeah, early Which hours. I do remember. There you go. In this moment. My Good for Lord. me. Yeah, so that's uh, those are the inductees. Now, as you might recall, when we recorded uh, the episode where I revealed the inductees to you, uh, I mentioned that there I might. I was a little out of you it. Were, you were a little out of it, yeah, a little sickly uh, and not thrilled with life. Nope. But you might recall that I said there might be additional categories. <gasps> there might be those special categories. Is that, that we what know this episode about. is? I don't know what this episode is, FYI, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have came not in told with Kristen. No idea. Right. So the they actually are going to be inducting people in a special category. Oh. Yeah. Is it any of the people who are nominated? No, it's not. So the this year they are going to be going back to the Ahmet Erdogan 
award for non-performers. Problematic, though. Problematic. Yeah, true. That is true. We've talked to Evelyn McDonald yeah. about how Amit Erdogan, while obviously a majorly influential record executive, was also an abusive an abusive. Amit Erdogan and done some bad stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Way um, to trivialize uh, it. <laughs> Amit Erdogan. Erd. Mm-hmm. A, a lot he did <laughs> um but so they are going to be inducting some non-performers this year not but not pat benatar correct she okay. performs she performs and she's just not getting in there's no like special surprise this isn't the episode mm-hmm. where you reveal that you were surprised from yeah. me no 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 unfortunately god damn it uh but i thought what i would do is i would go through a little bit of the history of this award because we we talk about it maybe in passing but i don't think we've ever really dove deep into who of the non-performers they have inducted in the past yeah i mean the ones that i remember are the time that the the stacks record people right. got inducted and they just purposely uh-huh. for some reason left out the woman mm-hmm. who co-founded and like what mortgaged her home to found yeah they inducted jim stewart and not estelle axton and they it literally stacks, like, stacks is the combination of their last names which yeah. is uh outrageous so i remember that mm-hmm. and they used to do this category quite a bit like they don't go back to it quite as often but they, it was almost like they would do it Nearly every single year. Is this what Carol King is in as? Yes, correct. Ooh, see, I remember all the wrongs that have yeah. been done in this category. Yeah. The error Dagon. The error Dagon. Now, it obviously was not always called the uh, Ahmed Erdogan Award that happened after they, he passed away. What it abuser just, did it used to be named after? used to just be called... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, obviously, it just used to be called... It was called the, the uh, Joe Jackson <laughs> Non-Performer <laughs> Manager Turner, Award. Yeah. So, I thought we would just kind of go through who's been inducted in this category. Okay. So, uh, the first year, they had three non-performers. And what's weird, and worth maybe worth noting, maybe not, sometimes, kind of arbitrarily, they give this award and they call it Lifetime Achievement in Non-Performing, and then sometimes they don't. And they there's like a handful of people. Now, is that like a subtle diss? Is that like a, you know, the lifetime achievement people are, you know, is that a higher ranking category? Is that a higher rank for a non-performer? I truly think it's just them forgetting what they call it. Like if you look on the Wikipedia page for the list of inductees, the lifetime achievement award, people are in a separate category than the non-performer. But then if you go to the Rock Halls website, it looks like they've just bunched them all together. Okay. And then another thing to point out is record producers are often given this award, but sometimes they're given the Musical Excellence Award. The that- hall doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like, what are you doing? Ugh. Yeah, so it the lines are not drawn uh, very distinctly. I mean, obviously there are people like say Nile Rogers who is a performer and a lot of his career has to do with his performance in addition to and he was inducted as what but he's musical excellence Ma- musical which I think excellence that fits great yeah because you wouldn't want to call him a non-performer no. given how much he performs that'd be rude I saw him perform Important. is Carol King in as a non-performer yeah this is a outrage I mean, it's not, I don't even really care, but I'm mad. I'm, yeah. in, I'm frustrated. This is a minor nuisance, especially just like if you're using the Nile rule. Well, the Nile rule wasn't established, you know, until 27 years later. Like oh. Carol King was inducted as a non-performer very early on. 
when they did not have a musical excellence category. Was her husband, who she also used to write those songs with, Jerry um, Goffin? Jerry Goffin yes. was he also? Mm-hmm. Were they inducted together yes, on the course. same damn plaque? Of course. Great. Yeah. Great. Well, they were the songwriting team. Well, and you, you know, know I mean? that I learned all this from Beautiful, from Beautiful the, musical. The, the musical. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's why I know anything about Carol King in uh, my life. And another point of distinction, very weird, three, they inducted three engineers uh, at the same time, three like very important record engineers. And for some reason, they were in the musical excellence category instead of the non-performer. Who knows why? Oh, guys. But that was in 2012 with Cosmo Matassa, Glenn Johns, and Tom Dowd. So they're putting in some people. All right. Well, let's let's start from the beginning. Okay. Let's start from 1986, the first year. They inducted a guy named John Hammond. Who was uh, the Hammond organ? No. Oh. <laughs> oh, John. Uh, John Ham. I love him. Yeah. Right. John Hammond from Mad What Men can't he do? What uh, can't he do? So he was a talent scout. He helped to like launch Billie Holiday and Aretha Franklin, and then also signed Bob Dylan and signed Bruce Springsteen. He was just like a super influential like producer and talent scout. Is he the first person to get inducted as a non-performer? Yes. Yeah, so there were three people that first year. Okay. It was him. It was Alan Freed. Now, Alan Freed was a... Of Freed Bird. He's the song Freed Bird. It's about him. Right. Yeah. So if, if, we're, uh, if we're following along, Kristen's going to make a pun based on every person. You buckle up, everybody. Uh, Alan Freed was a Cleveland area radio DJ who like coined the term rock and roll and was like the first person to really start putting all these disparate songs and, and musicians together and play them on the radio in a format that was like rock and roll. Is that why the hall is in Cleveland? That's a big reason why. Is and for a lot of people, that was like their their first introduction to the idea of rock and roll was hearing this music on Alan Freed's radio show. If I recall, I from going to the museum, I feel like there's a big old, there, yeah, there's I'm a big sure old, he's front and you know, tribute to him there. Uh, and then Sam Phillips, who was the Phillips screwdriver? My God, guy. <laughs> he was. Which the... you can't put an amp together without a few Phillips screws. I mean, I've been saying that forever. No, he was Sun Records in Memphis. Oh yeah, he was the guy who recorded Elvis and Johnny Cash and Roy Orbison and Carl Perkins and Jerry Lee Lewis. Like he was Sun Records was obviously hugely uh, foundational for rock and roll, and he was the guy behind it. It's pretty big. These are pretty big names. Pretty and big. Those stuff. are the first three in the first year. I just do want to make sure that they were all white guys. Oh yeah, great. Okay, those guys. I do just want to check in and make sure. For sure. The next year, eighty-seven, they inducted Ahmet Erdogan, who uh, was. Atlanta. I've already made enough puns about how uh-huh. terrible he was, just as a human being. But he did some good stuff for rock and roll, I guess. Yeah, he was Atlantic Records, which was Aretha and Ray Charles, and later Led Zeppelin and Neil Young. The conflict of interest, obviously, is that like Ahmet Erdogan also started the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like he was an important. At person least he didn't put himself in, in the, the first, first year. year. <laughs> it was like the first year they put in him and Jan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so he gave himself a year. I mean, but he is like one of the most important record executives of all time. Then Lieber and Stoller, who were the songwriters who did a lot of Elvis's songs, they did Hound Dog. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. Are these both men as well? 
Yes. Okay, great. Yeah, Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller. Uh, and then Jerry Wexler, who was a producer at Atlantic, who did, again, Aretha Franklin, Ray Charles, Led Zeppelin. He actually coined the term rhythm and blues. Uh, and then the last uh, non-performer in the second year, 87, was Leonard Chess, who did who Chess Records. And created the game, game of chess. The game of chess. Yes. <laughs> While Sun Records was like Memphis, Chess Records was Chicago. So that was Muddy Waters, Chuck Berry, Howlin' Wolf. Obviously very important to the foundation of rock and roll. The third year, 88, we only had one non-performer. It was Barry Gordy. Good for him. Get out there, Barry. Of Motown. Never had a problem. Never did anything wrong <laughs> Never, to anybody. Ever. Uh, that was the only one, 88. And then in 89, I, I, I mean, I mean, let's, let's up the ante. You ready for it? Uh-huh. 89, Phil Spector. Okay, creator of actual ghosts um, yeah. and um, like literally creator of ghosts. He's mm-hmm. out there making ghosts by murdering people. Ghost groups. <laughs> Obviously, Phil Spector, Wallace Sound, the girl groups, etc. Okay, 1990. It really sounded like you said Phil Spector, Wallace Sound. Spector, another term for ghost. True. That's why I That's said, it. said creating it. Creating specters. Creating specters. Because he did kill. He killed someone, he right? killed his wife. He yes. killed his wife. Yes. Yeah. And we're fine with it. Mm-hmm. All right. 1990. That's where we get Goffin and King. That's where we get Carol King and Jerry Goffin. There she is. The first woman inducted in this category only to be smote in her own category. Uh, and then also Holland Dozier Holland. So they they did songwriters in 1990. Holland Dozier Holland. Holland Dozier Holland did a lot of the Motown songwriting. Well, can I ask? Is that that is one person's name? That Their is name three is people. Holland Holland. Okay, is it two people who are married or brothers sisters? No, it's brothers. Of course. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, no, a girl okay. can dream. Holland Dozier Holland was Lamont Dozier and Brian and Eddie Holland, and they wrote all the Motown shit. They wrote everything for the Supremes and the Four Tops. They have a long list of songs that you use. Holland Dozier Holland, how can I help you? Yeah, exactly. Also founders of the Netherlands. <laughs> Okay, nineteen ninety one. Gotcha. We've got three in nineteen ninety one. We've got Nasuhi Erdogan, which is Ahmed's His... brother. Okay, it was like sister. And this is wife. This, to me, is like I mean, he was involved in Atlantic Records, but to be perfectly honest, a lot of the stuff that he did was jazz. So it feels like he was inducted because his brother was in charge mm-hmm. a little bit. Oh, interesting! Wow, we're we're starting to see some some cracks in the in the methodology. Yeah, I mean, this category you'll notice is a lot of the people who are involved in the hall because yeah. the people who are making the decisions in the hall often are not performers. And then we have a guy named Dave Bartholomew who we lost recently, but he was a songwriter in New Orleans, did a lot of the facts, Domino stuff. I'm walking, here's the thing, and I'm talking, but you and me, I'm hoping that you come back to me. So this is kind of like, a, this is feeling very songwriter heavy right now. A lot of songwriters, yeah. I Producers, like that. record executives, songwriters so far is about, and we have one DJ, but so far that's that's basically what it is. Uh, and then a guy named Ralph Bass, who is a record producer. And Fisherman. 
he's cre- he's credited with bringing black music to the mainstream and to Big Mouth Big Billy Mouth, Bass, yeah. Billy Pro Bass Big shops. Mouth, and Big Mouth Billy Bass. He is the one who created that. Put them in all the Spencer's gift stores across we, America. We thank Ralph. Yeah, thank you for a uh, bass fish singing. Take me to the river. Uh, all right, then let's go to 1992, where we have Bill Graham, who was a promoter, and he his venue was the Fillmore, legendary, the legendary concert venue, uh, and he was super influential in terms of like the a lot of like the psychedelic 60s. Yeah, it's like, a, is that a Bay Area place, yes. right? It's mm-hmm. a San Francisco, yeah. Yeah. I do. I've seen that. It's like all the posters from the like Jefferson Airplane Woodstock era Santana. days. Santana. Yeah. Yeah. All the Fillmore was the spot. And then we also have Doc Pomus, who was a Doc Pomus. Doc Pomus. 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 Pomus Stone. Pomus. Pomus. <laughs> Doc Pomus. Doc Pomus, songwriter, did save the last dance. Don't forget who's taking you home and in whose arms you're gonna be. So die. What was his real name? How do you How become does a doc? one get the nickname Doc? How can you really? Well, his name was Doctor. <laughs> so Jerome uh, Felder. Excuse me. So neither of those Doc Pomus. Doc and Pomus was also not his name. His name was not Doctor Pomus. It was a stage name. What is Pomus? I can't tell you this because I don't know. How do you spell it? P O M U S. Maybe it's an acronym for like putting out music, you sucker. <laughs> <laughs> What's weird about Doc Pomus getting inducted was that his songwriting partner, Mort Schumann. Oh God, I was like, if it's a fucking woman no, was, and they no. didn't put her in, I will be. It was so just. It, it was an, It was the. They were songwriting partners, but he was not inducted until years later for kind of no reason. It's just weird. Well, he they, didn't have a cool name. If maybe name Mort, Mort Schumann, Schumann had picked a different name. was like Chase Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah, if it was Doc Pomus and Chase Dynamite, he'd be like, I mean, put him in. in. You couldn't That's not. rock and roll, baby. Mort Schumann, send him back for a pair of size sixes, you know? And then the other nineteen, the third nineteen ninety two non performer was Leo Fender, who obviously of the Fender Bender, <laughs> yes, who came up with the when In you get into a little, face. a little car accident, and you're like, yep. uh, obviously Fender guitars. He mm-hmm. created Fender guitars, the one of the most, if not the most, recognizable brand of electric guitar also mort schumann just it sounds like a name of a sketch character like i uh, think it sounds like someone you're like oh yeah he wrote for show your show of shows yeah he, <laughs> he wrote for dick van dyke show yeah uh mort schumann classic yeah. comedy writer you know, from the 60s mort schumann he used to collab with steve martin on the whatever brothers show that he Smothers used to, brothers. Smothers brothers yeah. show all right so 93 we've got dick clark one of the more famous non-performers clark's shoes is that a thing? Clark oh yeah, Clark's. Shoes? Clark's. It's a brand of shoes. Mm, yeah, I, that's kind of a whiff for me. Oh well, just I'm sorry, uh, audience. If you if you liked it, get in there. Uh, Let us know how you feel. 
Milt Gabler. Sorry, one whiff out of also like 30. Well, I mean, I've been pretty generous, but Absolute that was a particularly gold bad on one. Fender Bender. Clark Shoes, pretty bad. <laughs> it was quick. Yeah, whatever. All right, next up, we've got Milt Gabler. Do you want to do anything with that? Anne of Green Gablers. My God. So he was like an early record producer, like Sister Is at a Tharp and Billy Holiday and Bill Haley, like some very early, early uh, rock and roll musicians. And then 1994, we've got Johnny Otis. I want to all- Spunkmeyer. <laughs> Otis Spunkmeyer cookies. Okay. Wow. No, you can't okay. just look at me. I just come up with them when I come up with them. I don't do one for every single one. Okay, I see. Well, I wanted to give you an opportunity. Otherwise, I'm just going to steamroll through these. Johnny Otis was well, like a, who is Johnny Otis? He was like a talent scout for King Records. Uh, what's weird, when I was kind of looking him up, he was also like a band leader and he was a performer. It, it seems like a weird category for him. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Whose and, friend was he? Uh, Seymour's probably. Yeah. All right, Seymour. Uh, and then in 95, we start to get into some for sure friends of Seymour. Uh, <laughs> Paul Ackerman, who was the editor for Billboard magazine during like the creation of rock and roll in the rock and roll era. One of the first people to take uh, rock and roll seriously as a journalist. He also hired a 15-year-old Seymour Stein <laughs> to work for his magazine. There you have it. Yeah. Uh, 96, they inducted Tom Donahue who is another radio DJ, and he kind of was the first person to and have like Phil a... Donahue's father. <laughs> a freeform radio show. So like kind of... before, And he kind of broke like FM Like word too. jazz? So in the sense of like every radio DJ was kind of the same, and he was the first person to like, I'm going to play what I want. I'm maybe going to play like a full album side if I want. I'm going to play these artists that are not commercial Oh, a radio. renegade. Yeah. Okay, a rebel. What was his name? Tom Donahue. Tom Donahue. He didn't have a fun name, you know, like Tom the, the Night Owl Donahue or whatever. No, no, no. no, no, no. Ninety-seven. They inducted the founder of King Records, uh, the King of King Records, Sid Nathan, His Majesty Sid Nathan. Sid Nathan, Again, founder of Nathan's Hot Dogs. Someone, someone who was close with <laughs> Seymour. Seymour Stein. Uh, and he, one of the, his most important things is he like kind of crossbred country western and R and B, which you know, as we know, those were the main influence that became rock and roll. In 1998, a weird one for non-performer Alan Toussaint. Alan Toussaint, who sounds like a painter for sure. He's a New Orleans songwriter, but he's also he has a long career as a performer. Can I just count? So it's one woman so far, Carol King? Correct. Full stop. Correct. Cool. I'm just checking. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, and then 1999, we get George Martin, who was the producer for the Beatles. And it's like, where's the next book, George? <laughs> there we go. That's a good one. I like that one. That's good. But he, yeah, he produced all the Beatles records. 2000, we get Clive Davis. Okay. Uh, Columbia and Arista Records. You would. He's just a big deal. I mean, I've deal. heard of him. I mean, him. like from... Early on from, you know, Donovan all the way to Whitney Houston and so- even into like Kelly Clarkson. Like he's... Is he still alive? Yeah, he's still around. Is he still signing? I believe so. That signing think- hand still work, you know? <laughs> I think Clive is still... I, yeah, I think Clive he's still alive, involved. baby. You got to imagine not to the extent, but like, yeah, he was a huge, huge... Uh, wow. To have, to have been all the way from Donovan to kelly clarkson is a real that's a wow Mm -hmm. that's a long one yeah yeah yeah. the industry has changed man (laughs) uh 2001 we've got chris blackwell who was the founder of island records which was uh bob marley and u2 
Now, 2002 is where we get to, we actually watch this. This is Jim Stewart of Stax Records, but for and, some reason, not Estelle Axton. And It's a Wonderful Life. Right, yeah. Yeah, Jim Stewart uh, from Love his Harvey work. and... Uh, Huge fan. 2003, Mo Austin, who was a Warner Brothers, known as a extremely artist-friendly record executive. Now, Mo is not short for Maureen or Melissa or anything like that. Yeah, he's a man. It's short Mo for Austin probably like Mo, Mo or Tamor. More more to more. More. It's definitely more to more. Mo. What kind? Because that's it for men's names that you could do Mo for. It would mm-hmm. only be Mort, Mortimer. Mo? Maurice? Maurice. Morris Ostrovsky. Morris. Some people call me Morris. Huh? Uh. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. He was like, yeah, Maurice Ostrovsky? I don't think so. Mo Austin? That's Mo like it. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, you know, I say this as, you know, we both have very difficult showbiz names. Mm-hmm. We sure and do. we did not change them. All right, 2004, they inducted Jan Wenner. In a sense, inducting himself. You know? Did he give his own speech? Mick Jagger inducted him. Ooh, of course. Yeah. That's like, I don't know. That's just like a circle jerk of... Oh, absolutely. We'll, we'll get to more of that. It's the Rolling We've Stones seen... jerking off Rolling Stone. Yeah. <laughs> like... Uh, and then 2005, Seymour Stein. And then we also have the first and only agent to be inducted as a non-performer it was ari uh who's the guy who's the guy who ari gold yeah right the guy who entourage is based on no that is the entourage character oh what's the guy ari emmanuel ari emmanuel ram emmanuel's brother Brother. Mm -hmm. true truly yeah i know that that you've been making a lot of jokes that is that's that's actually actually true true. yes yeah Uh, frank barcelona who <laughs> come on not only you mean frank barcelona by the uh, they say they do the t's there yeah the castilian he like kind of invented concert touring the way it is now oh i'm like uh, say what? he like kind of mo- he figured <laughs> like out where modern it's the only touring. way for artists to actually make money <laughs> off their music or a, w- a, a way a way for them to make m- money and like to really he like really kind of figure it out Streamlining the process and making it a big deal and making it a big money maker for artists and putting artists together. Almost like packaging a tour to be like maybe naming it, like giving it like I the... I think all, all sorts of things like that, but I think he was maybe the first one to really like take it seriously hmm. and make it a a huge business. And he, he, he had the first booking agency, first rock and roll booking agency. Wow. Well- you know all right next up we have uh in 2006 we had herb albert herb alpert herb and the alpert tijuana brass and jerry moss now they started a&m records that's now, not herb alpert obviously is the same from the tijuana brass okay and a performer but he's being recognized here for the label that he started which was called A&M. tijuana okay a&m. a&m he's the a of a&m he's the a yeah who's jerry that? moss Who, is oh, the M. jerry moss correct uh, and you know they had a ton of artists, most notably Janet and the Police. When was that label founded? Was that? It's so funny because I guess I record labels have always existed for mm-hmm. my whole life. Yeah, I can't and imagine. And that's like, why the a big lot of ones, the like a lot of the record executives who are inducted are the ones who are like they signed Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> or like they signed Ray Charles or whatever. It like goes early, early on. 
Are A and M records still around? Do people still sign to A and M? They A&M? might have been. It, I think a lot of the record labels like that are bought by bigger ones, and like they still exist, but they operate under the umbrella. I don't know for sure. Okay. Uh, Wait, has Jimmy Iovine been no. given one of these? I bet he's the one who gets one this year. Okay, interesting. That's my thought. Uh, 2007 was the first year that they didn't do a non-performer. It had been going strong since the beginning, but there was none in 2007. They were like, well, all our friends are in. Everybody gave each other a high five, <laughs> took a bite of the hoagie, and job well done. 2008, Gamble and Huff, who were songwriters uh, kind of in Philadelphia. Also, two vices. To Gamble and to Huff? <laughs> and yeah, Huff. You're right. Gamble and Huff. My God. That's a cool, that's a cool duo name. We're mm-hmm. Gamble and Huff. What did they do? They were songwriters. Songwriters I was out of Philadelphia. About... <laughs> out of Philadelphia, they did like a lot of the OJ's stuff. What they do? They shout in your face all the time. They want to take your place. The backstabbers, backstabbers. They shout in your face. Okay, we take another break. 2010, we come back, and this is where we get Barry Mann and Cynthia Weil. We get, we get, and that's a woman. Second woman. So we, we've, and then we've also got Ellie Greenwich and Jeff, Jeff Barry. Is Ellie a woman? Yes. <gasps> no women have been inducted on their own so far. They are all Correct. inducted as part of a duo, including <laughs> my girl, Carol King and her cheating ass husband, Jerry Goff. Yeah. yeah. They were in songwriting partnerships. Yeah. I mean, you know? it's, I'm not, I'm just like yeah, no, it, lamenting that, I, the state <clears throat> of the world right, and, and the patriarchy as it stands. I'm just And you're just mansplaining. Uh, I have to. <laughs> Uh, Barry Mann and Cynthia Weil did You've Lost That Love and Feeling, and they did We Gotta Get Out of This Place. We gotta get out of this place, if it's the last thing we ever do. We gotta get out of this place, there's a better life for me and you. That I'm worried about their marriage. <laughs> were they married to each other? They were, yeah. Okay. They were? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, Ellie they're Greenwich. writing, you've liked the last that loving feeling, and we got to get out of this place? <laughs> Yikes. Greenwich and Barry did Leader of the Pack and Be My Baby. Jesse Stone was also inducted that year. Is that Jessica? Uh, that's a man. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Jesse Stone is an, uh, another. They did a lot of songwriters this year. They did. They finally got Mort Schumann in. The hell yeah! All right, Mort Schumann. He came from the back of the, of the stories. Uh, Jesse Stone did "Shake, Rattle, and Roll." then Otis Blackwell, who did Don't Be Cruel, and he did Great Balls of Fire. You broke my wheel, the blood of three. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Uh, and then also 2010, we got David Geffen of Geffen Records. Of the Geffen Theater. Maybe. No, there is. Yeah, yeah no, no. I, yeah, the Geffen is him. in, yeah, is on the west side. Right. Yeah, I mean, he. No, it's definitely He's one his. of those dudes who is so rich, his name yeah, is. Yeah, there are so everything. many Geffen buildings and Geffen theaters yeah. in Los Angeles. They're actually, it's it's wild. So we've gotten into, that's 2010. We're starting to get into more recent decades. Why don't we take a break? We will finish up the last few, and then we will talk about who is being inducted this year in this category. So let's take a break, and we'll be right back. Okay, bye. 
Give your kitchen the upgrade it deserves with Clearview Cabinetry. Clearview Cabinetry starts as a kitchen built for now and grows with you as life changes. It's flexible by design with full access cabinet construction. So you can go from doors to drawers for storage that works when you need it. Get an appointment-free design consultation and explore all our cabinet options on display in our kitchen showroom. And save big money now at Menards. Save big money at Menards. Welcome back, everybody. We hope you had a nice break. We hope over your break, you... Received a nice text message about a gift you sent someone. Beautiful. All right. Let's let's jump back in with the non-performer category. 2011, we've got Art Roop. Who- no, that's not. <laughs> nope. Absolutely not. Nope. Art Roop. Let me... It's Art, yeah, A-R-T, Roop, R-O-O-P. Close. R-U-P-E. U-P-E. That's it. Roop. Yeah, and Art Roop. Uh, oh, it's just so cute. He was a record executive producer. Uh, what's important about him is he kind of brought Little Richard to the world. And he's still alive. He's 102 years old. Art? Art's still kicking. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Probably not very hard, though. I have got to imagine he's slowed down yeah. a little bit. 102. He's 102, yeah. For me, that's... I, whew, I just that's Remember a, that's... this moment, because pretty soon we're going to have to be like... Hey, Art Rube died. (laughs) Remember when we talked about Art Rube? He'll be like, he was like a hundred and. I mean, I don't know. He'll probably live forever. I mean, when you bring Little Richard, Little Richard is also still alive. Yeah. Yeah. So there's something there. Have some some satanic bond that is keeping them alive. (laughs) There's some sort of unicorn blood IV happening. Uh, in 2011, we also had Jack Holzman, who... <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad you finished that. <laughs> yeah. We had Jack Hole. We had Jack Hole. <laughs> Jack Holzman? Electra Records, which was like The Doors and the band Love, uh, also Judy Collins. Uh, he was... And Electra continued to be a powerhouse uh, record label for a long time. Sweet. Judy Blue Eyes. 2012, when we're getting into the, some of the ceremonies you've seen, so maybe and you might I remember. And I definitely won't remember, unless it's when Stax got inducted. Right. Uh, 2012 was Don Kirshner, who created the Monkees. He was also like kind of in charge of the Brill Building and... Oh, uh, he was a character in Beautiful, Beautiful the Musical. I believe, definitely I do know it. who that person is. Yeah. Yes. Someone might even uh, portray Mort Schumann in Beautiful. In Beautiful. Oh, was Mort at a the Brill A lot of those Bill? songwriters, and I believe Mort Oh, yeah. Schumann Mort as, might be a secondary character <laughs> so, about one of the swing chorus members played him yeah. at one point. Speaking of which, I, I found out recently that they're... Do you know they're doing an Aretha movie called Respect? <gasps> no. Is, did they, did they have... Jennifer Hudson is going to be Aretha. Oh, this is good. And a lot, it's just funny. A lot of the people in this category are in that movie... Like Jerry Wexler is played by Mark Marin. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, really? Yeah, I, I just happened to look at that. Uh, Mary J. Blige is playing Dino Washington. Okay. Tate Donovan is playing the first person we talked about, John Hammond. Of Hammond Organs. Oh my God. No. Of Hammond, Indiana. Uh, and that's that looks like that's the limited cast list that I have here. Uh, next up in 2013 was when we got Lou Adler. Who you might remember another As character from Stella Beautiful. Adler's son. Well, Lou yeah. Adler produced Tapestry. 
Ah. And the mamas and the papas. Oh, yeah. He was definitely in Beautiful the Musical. Yeah, of course. Uh, and he's also known for sitting next to Jack Nicholson courtside at, at the, the Lakers games. games. Lakers games. The Lakers games. LOL. Yeah. Kristen, uh, get your cities on. great. Hello. Um, Cheech and Chong inducted him. You might remember that. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. I just, no, I, I thought I did. I remember oh, wow, Cheech I really and... thought you did. Your no, eyes lit up. I remember Cheech and Chong existing, and that was what you were seeing. <laughs> okay, all right, fair enough. Did they do, did, I do remember their speech now. Yeah, they did like Yeah, a, they a did a bunch of shit. bits, yeah. yes. they. A, a, was it about being high? Uh, <laughs> do they do that? Yeah. Do yeah. they do that? Oh, did they do that? Also, 2013, they inducted Quincy Jones. And then 2014, they inducted Andrew Lug Oldham and Brian Epstein, who are managers. Oldham did the Stones. Epstein did... didn't kill himself. <laughs> Epstein obviously <laughs> didn't kill himself. Brian Epstein was the Beatles manager. And actually, when, last time we talked to Seymour Stein, he talked about that, about how they've only inducted two managers and that they should induct more. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember that. And he was saying he, was saying he didn't really care much for Brian Epstein... But had they have to, if they're going to induct managers, you induct the Beatles manager. But he liked Andrew Lou Goldham, the Stones manager, quite a bit. So those two were managers. Yes, and they but they weren't like inducted as a duo. Those just no, they happened to be. They were just inducted okay. the same year in in a like thematic sense of like we're going to induct two huge managers. Gotcha. Yeah, and then if you might remember, or listeners might remember, Seymour Stein was like. They should induct more managers. He had a long list. Albert Grossman was one of them. And that was Dylan's manager, and I mean, he had a long list of like also of just record, like record people exec that people he was and, popping off about how they should be in. advocating for more uh, non-performer. Yeah, especially because as we'll see, as the years go on, we don't see as many inductees in that category, which is a shame. I think they should do it every year. There's they plenty should. of people. They don't who are have to put worthy. it in the damn televised. Per- Although I guess now they do because everything's being televised live. But, but yeah, it's okay to keep it short. You don't even I necessarily agree. have to have a performance. But roll even if you the do, package. Yeah, it can be. You can just do one song, which is what they used to do anyway. So they didn't have it in 2015. 2016 is the last time they did this category. And they inducted a guy named Burt Burns, who was a producer and a songwriter. He wrote Twist and Shout. He wrote Peace in My Heart. This was also a weird conflict of interest at the time because Little Steven was producing a play about Burt Burns' life at the time. And then called inducted another rock Let call. It Burns. Yeah. Or Feel the Burns. Feel the Burns. <laughs> yeah. What was it about? What was about, about this dude's life? Burt Burns' life. And he wrote Twist, Twist and, and Shout. Was he still alive when he was inducted? No, he died young. Uh, I think he was in his 30s when he died. Okay. So he... So little Steven trying to drum up a little bit of interest about him for his little... Potentially. And that was the last time we've had a non-performer inductee. And here we are four years later and it's happening again. Jimmy Iovine is my only guess. So they are inducting two more managers. Oh, Okay, and I don't know any managers. So is, they are going, they are inducting what people have called the most powerful figure in music today. Definitely and, not going to be a woman. And his name's Irving Azoff. Oh, I know that name. He's the one who's got all the power on the non-com. Well, he's on the board of yeah. the Rock Hall. He's not in the non-com, but he's on the board. But isn't it like his picks are the ones that... Is he the Doobie Brothers guy? Yeah, he is the Doobie Brothers guy. So he 
almost has had like his own slot on the inductee list every year. Yeah, the ASO it's like who he Stevie likes. Nicks uh thanked him last year. Uh-huh. He represents Fleetwood Mac. Doobie Brothers this year. He represents Bon Jovi. They were twenty eighteen. He represents Journey. Oh my god. They were twenty seventeen. Wow. Yeah. So it's he has an incredible amount of influence. He has a lot of very I mean, the biggest his biggest act is the Eagles. Oh my god. And he plays a huge part in that documentary. I still haven't watched it. There's yeah, so it's many not that on I Netflix anymore. Seen. Oh damn it! I, I looked it up because I was like, that'd be. I kind of wanted to watch some of it to see some Irving stuff. He also, when Documentary Now did their take on the Eagles documentary, mm-hmm. he's in it basically playing himself. Oh, he so he has a, a sense character. of humor about it at it's, least. It seems so. Yeah, that's cool. But he is like a feared figure in music. He's like a. They say, like, he's the guy who really should have a book called Art of the Deal. Like, he actually is a known as an actual deal maker in the music industry. Wow. Like, he makes shit happen. So he was, he worked for, uh, I believe he worked for Geffen for a little bit, then left, and then kind of took the Eagles with him. And he w- he managed the Eagles. He did Steely Dan. He did Jimmy Buffett. Um, and I'm sorry, I hate to correct you, but it's just Eagles. Thank you so much, Kristen. <laughs> Thank you. He like came up in Champaign in Illinois. And now he's coming up in Champaign all the damn bottles. time. Uh, but like with like Dan Fogelberg and like Ario Speedwagon. And he was a uh, power manager for a long time and then left for a little bit to become, he like was running Ticketmaster for a little bit. Oh my He gosh. ran a label for a little bit. But then he came back to management because that's like kind of the thing that he knows he's the best at. And now he represents Travis Scott, Bruno Mars, Christina Aguilera, no doubt, John Mayer. And then he still represents, uh, like I said, Van Halen, Bon Jovi, Eagles, all those dudes separate, Fleetwood Mac. And he has, you know, the Irving, the Azoff Management Company with his son now. And they are just, they are extremely... What's his son's name? Jeffrey, I believe. Yeah, and I wish he was like Lil Irv, you know? <laughs> Irv the second. <laughs> yeah, and he also, I mean, like, so he has a majority stake in the Madison Square Garden group, which also runs the Forum. So he he's just got his fingers in a lot. This of This is like this is like with Hollywood shit, where it's like bundling, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, and yeah, he, he also like he has his own company that so does publishing. Can, exactly, so he can have a cut of literally every aspect of an artist's output, mm-hmm. like their touring, their publishing, their uh, any bookings that they get as his manager. I mean, it's just like yeah, but he, I, it's it's funny, but he's also the type of guy they say who like he can fucking turn it around for you. He can turn in a good way, in a great way. Yeah, he can make. Joe Walsh was really struggling and then like they teamed up with Irving and then it was just from there on out they've been inseparable and like he he changed Joe Walsh's career and he's also one of those guys who's like I can get you out of a contract like are you tied in this thing with your publishing or whatever I am well we're gonna sue these people we're gonna he's a mogul a mogul with a heart of gold he's also five three 
Hell yeah, player. He, he's very much like they they you know he's like the Napoleon of send him rock to and Jimmy Owls in the Valley. There's a st- there's a store in the Valley called Jimmy Owls A U. It is a store for men five eight and under, and they have a very weird tagline on painted on the side of their building, and it says, "What are you waiting for? A growth spurt?" It's rude. It is not nice. Okay, so the in Irving Azoff again. So he's like on the board he's like involved with the rock hall i love that he's five three that's fucking tight as hell <laughs> but so it's it's a, it's a weird amount of like giving the award to yourself in a sense because he's involved with the hall he's not on the nomcom he, i'm sure he didn't make the decision but he is like a power player when he it comes is to also the... responsible for getting bond fucking jovi in the goddamn hall i think so yeah i mean he's one of a few people but so like... he's not benevolent <laughs> you know like yeah maybe soon he'll work to get no doubt in so maybe that'll That'd be, be great benevolent. no doubt will get in i'm not yeah. worried that they won't get in right but he's the one i mean they're already eligible he might be the one to clear the path a little bit he also he used to represent the Go Go's back in the eighties. Well, for fuck's sake, maybe he'll use have your power a place. for good. He's over here trying to get Bond, stupid Jovi in, <laughs> and the Go freaking Go's need to get in. Yeah, he doesn't rep them anymore, but he should. Truly, <laughs> he come should on. advocate for them, I, given that he had a connection with them. Now, there's another manager who's being inducted this year, whose name is John Landau. Oh yeah, I know who that is. Wait, do I? You should. Yeah. So John Landau is Bruce Springsteen's manager. Uh-huh. He also at at one point worked with Shania Twain and he is also he was also a record producer. He produced some of the MC5 stuff, some Jackson Brown stuff. Uh but really he is Bruce's guy. He was also initially one of the first Rolling Stone writers. He was a journalist for a long time. Wrote for Crawdaddy among other publications that covered rock and roll music. Uh, he wrote. He's f- now, now is Crawdaddy still around? You know something. <laughs> if you go down to the Bayou, you might be able to find Yay. one. He has a he has a very famous thing that he wrote where he said, "I have seen rock and roll future, and it's Bruce Springsteen." And he wrote it about Bruce before Bruce was anybody, and that kind of connected him with Bruce. And then he left journalism to he helped produce Born to Run, and then he just became Bruce's like right hand man his manager, and, like, the guy that has been with Bruce for this whole run. That's cool. I like that kind of loyalty, too. Here's where things get a little interesting. We talked about how Irving, it's like giving it to yourself. John Landau... Was on Epstein's plane. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm sorry. (laughs) John Landau... Runs the nominating committee. Oh, come on. He So that's why you've heard his name before, because I brought it up many times before. He's the guy who's in charge of the nominating committee. No. This is when you have to just kind of like wait until you retire and then let them give it to you. Yeah. Like, that's what you do. That is the classy way to be. So, I mean, and he, I think he has claimed and it's probably true but there's there's some conflicts here he's claimed he had nothing to do with the selection of him being inducted but like the people who are in charge of selecting you for induction work for you you know what i mean so it's like there is that conflict so they're giving they're giving the award this year to irving azoff and john landau two major players in the rock and roll hall of fame behind the scenes essentially giving an award to itself because they've done such a great job 
slap on the back. Well, here's the deal. Bruce will definitely give the speech for Landau. And I bet Don Henley will do it for Azoff. But will Bruce give it to him on, oh, give his speech on his guitar? I mean, I'm just like, you know, you know yeah. I'm just like, it's, uh, it's, that's neat. That'll be good for some people. You'll be very excited about that. I think it's great. It's fine. I don't care mm. at all. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's nice for them. Yeah, it's weird. It was, uh, it was a, su- a surprise to see that on the list of inductees for 2020 i love to imagine john landau pretending to be surprised seeing it like wait, what <gasps> meet you guys come you guys on. who did this come on <laughs> who right. did this i swear i said don't do it i said don't don't give me the award but they did oh god i just have the best staff <laughs> <laughs> the greatest staff in the world <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's it. So there you go. That that fully rounds out the class of 2020. What, it's so funny. This has been public information. I was like, I wonder if Kristen saw... It's like, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. I knew way. you'd be in the dark and I wouldn't even have to say anything. Nope. Especially because I've been off Twitter for a, over a month now. Mm-hmm. And it has been awesome. Yeah. I'll go on there occasionally like onto the website twitter.com (laughs) (laughs) on your laptop yeah i don't have the app on my phone though sometimes if somebody tweets at me i'll get a text Mm -hmm. telling me that and i'll go look at it speaking of tweeting you can of course tweet at us at rock hall pod Uh, you can also email us rock hall pod at gmail.com we're also rock hall pod on instagram Kristen, you are at Kstead across all platforms. That is correct. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Joe K, Joe K, on Instagram at Joe Qua. Hey, why don't you do us a favor? Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. I would love that. Rate and review us. Give us five stars only. I would also love that. We, we've gotten some very nice reviews recently. Oh. Thank you for those. It really helps us to get reviews. It helps in like the algorithm and, and that kind of shit for us to pick up more listeners and to be seen and heard. Uh, if and you, isn't that all anybody really wants? If you review us, it would mean a lot to us. If you leave a review because of this episode... Suggest what I should have changed my name to before it was too late. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I was going to say maybe uh, Chase Dynamite is also something <laughs> oh, Chase Dynamite. Uh, and maybe double bonus if you think that's what I should have changed maybe, my name and to. And I kind of do. I thought of Chase Dynamite while I was looking into Kristen's eyes. So maybe that's what was going on. Uh, thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo. Thank you to Yusuf Kim for the music. Thank you to Joy Divine for the equipment. Thank you to Chad Briggs, Dave Schilling for letting us record in the home that I share with them. And as always, thank you to Pantheon Podcast for hosting us. That will do it for this week. We'll see you next week. What will we be talking about? I don't know. <laughs> I have, I you know, I have an idea. Ooh, we'll see if that comes to fruition next week. I'm Joe Quazala. I'm Kristen Stutter. And who cares? About the Rock Hall. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.